Ladies and gentlemen, time has come. This is the AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first the man of the hour, the rise of Henry, the power. It's gnarly. Charlie. Good evening, scholar. Yo, I don't swear when I drive. Anyway, um. <laughs> but, yo, what's up, everybody? It's, uh, yeah, boy. No, anyway. It's, uh, hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Eat, Sleep, Bleed again. We're back with some more wrestling goodness. We are, uh, we are going to talk some wrestling this week. But just before we get into that, uh, first of all, how are you today, Charlie? How how are you doing? How are you doing there, big chisels? Uh, doing pretty good, man. You know, I think AEW finally listened to us with the live rampages. You know, we should every four rampages, three of them should be live, and that's the, what they're doing. Now, does it change the quality of the show? That's to be determined. It definitely <sighs> feels like there's more stars on there now because. To use I mean, a baseball Mox- term, I think Rampage is in a bit of a slump right now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, having to- Moxley and Wardlow bookend your show. You know, that's that's them putting the stars. Dude, the Moxley forward. thing was by accident. It wasn't even supposed to be him. I yeah. mean it would have been a good match anyway, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's one of those things it's like that's that's a good sign. So, you know, hey. And next week we got the uh the triple threat match on, on uh Rampage, unless I'm thinking differently, but I think yeah, no, they announced that for next week. I think that's gonna main event perfect. Rampage. Or open it up probably, maybe even. But uh so, I mean, Rampage is off to uh, – that, that's a good sign. And that's – you know, I wanted to point that out right out of the gate. This is Rampage, we, baby. Anyway. Rampage um, before we jump into, like, all of our stuff here. And, yeah, and yeah, other yeah, than yeah, that, yeah. you know, football's going on. Basketball's With getting football? rolling. Ohio football? State is fucking killing it. The Phillies? One-to-one one one right now? Sports are hot. Wrestling, you know, the fucking – the sport of wrestling is hot. Right, Bryce Harper wins this year. I, I will – I will live stream on my channel, even though I don't play sports games. I will play MLB the Show if Bryce Harper brings home the World Series this year. This is the way. Um, uh, that's that's the that's the weirdest promise ever because now it's completely unreliant on whether I do anything and it's if they do something. So it's great. Um, anyway, <laughs> that being said, um, there is uh, some stuff to take care of off the top before we get into the rest of the show. The first of which being, you can follow us both on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. You can follow Charlie at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. Oh, I almost fumbled over that there. All right. Anyway, um, I I managed to get through it though. All right. Um, so yeah, you can also, whatever podcast platform you're being on, excuse me, that you're listening to us on, be that, and I'm just going to have to make sure if I miss any, go ahead and correct me, Charlie, but I believe we're on <laughs> all of these podcast platforms, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, and Amazon. Did I, did, did I get them all? Yep. And, and nailed and it. If those are the parent companies to any of the ones you listen to, I know like sometimes overseas, you know, but yeah, Spotify, uh, shout out you guys, man. It's officially our biggest one. So it's kind of cool to see. We really appreciate Absolutely. it. Hello, what have we here? Hello, what have we here? But anyway, um, yeah, yeah Star Wars is great. Um, uh, that Andor show, how about that? But anyway, um, dude, Andor kicks ass. It, it no, it actually genuinely does. Like if you're on <laughs> like, the fence about it, 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 yeah, just give it a try. It, you'll like it. Uh, I want to spoil things, but like there's really good actors in it. How about that? There's some without, really yeah, really and good without actors. jumping into spoilers, one of the coolest like science fiction things I've I've see it in a long time isn't that most recent one and it's just man i yeah I'm that, that set too. design was like 
it was fine for me, but I liked it. I, I did enjoy it, but I, I, it was fine. Getting it was fine. fried. It was like it was like very Resident Evil to me in some parts, but I, you know whatever. I could see that actually. Um, uh, but not not that those movies aren't fun in their own way. But you know, we we, we, we that's a watch along with you the Resident Evil movie series. But anyway, um, but anyway, that being said, yeah. So make sure you follow and subscribe us on those platforms. You know that way you stay up to date with us every week, and you know leave us those five star frog splash reviews. Um, you know that way uh, Rob Van Dam can not actually get mad because he probably is a pretty chill dude. Uh, for the gimmick infringement. But anyway, um. Yeah, so that being said, let's get into the wrestling this week, and we we always start out with our favorites, Charlie, and it's Zod, so it's 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 me up, and uh, man, 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 is there not some good stuff to choose from this week? Um, but I'll tell you what, man, there's always some stuff that sticks out in every match that I think you could point to. Honestly, that's the interesting thing about AEW, Charlie, and I think you could say this about a lot of matches is that. A lot of times you could pick literally everything on the show, right? Not everything. You could pick anything on the show, I guess I should say. And it's going to be, you could find enough things about it to like, especially if you're a certain kind of wrestling fan and you like certain things. That's why I like the, the what does Kenny Omega says? Uh, the smorgasbord of wrestling. Like that's what it is for, in, yeah, in all, for all intents and purposes. It's, it's everything that you could like in wrestling. And I understand the criticism of that can sometimes feel a little. Disjoin, maybe not disjointed, but like n- not really feel like. Well, what's the direction? What's our? What's and I? So I do think that AEW does need to find something like that. But uh, I think certainly the thing that I've I've been pushing for to be AEW's identity and sort of style of wrestling is I think what we saw in <clears throat> excuse me in the main event of AEW Dynamite this week with Penta El Zero Medo taking on John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. But before we get into the actual match, Charlie. How awesome is that that it's not one of these eliminator matches? This was a world title match. This was a full-on title defense. Yep. And I love that. Yeah, one of I, John Moxley's first straight-up title defenses is against Penta El Miedo, which is great because I remember, like, I don't know, whatever it was, like six months ago now, when, when Ray Phoenix got injured in that really horrific injury in the middle of that match. I believe it was on Dynamite, or maybe it was on Rampage, in that street fight with... Um, with uh, uh forest and yeah yep. Jurassic express um man how far we are removed from that we have evil luchasaurus and and jungle boy with an attitude now but um but anyway Mr. jack they lost those titles too not long after that but anyway um well it wasn't actually it was pretty long it was it was a little while but anyway the point is um i remember saying then like let Pitt go on a little singles run you know maybe you maybe you have a world title contender later i literally remember saying that because you just never know. Like you could have, because I remember at the time I was thinking in relation to Dante Martin and how Dante Martin had literally just like slid in perfectly to the world title scene in a way that I don't think anybody expected. Like in that few short months when he shot to the top, like I, you know, they didn't pull the trigger on Dante, but it feels like they did on Penta, and that's really awesome because Penta has been like slowly on the end. Penta is one of those wrestlers that you hear about for years, but you don't always go and watch the matches because you just. They weren't in a, and this is going to sound really probably offensive to some wrestlers out there, I'm sure, but they're not in a big enough company for me to go seek that out, you know, because there's no good way to watch it, or there's no good way to watch it in good that's, quality. That's the best way to put it. A lot of a lot of Penta's career, there was no really good way to watch the matches. And then Penta, I believe, had some really good time in Lucha Underground, and then that completely fell apart. So, you know, like, yep, it just doesn't work out. And so, but now that Penta's got an opportunity to show what Penta can do, 
it's amazing and it's awesome. And I really hope one day we could see Penta as a world champion. That'd be awesome. Um, but just a super physical math. And not just like a world champion for a week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like he was an impact. <laughs> exactly. Super phys- like it's a super phys- excuse me, a super physical match. Uh they had some good counter stuff. You know, it's like it's like kind of like a, sort of a brawler matchup, but it almost in a different way because it's like almost it's it's weird. I forget who it was that pointed it out. Was it in this match or was it in a different match? Or maybe I just invented this in my head, but I remember hearing somebody say that there's like the two different kinds of luchadors. There's like, you know, your Lucha style sort of flippy guys, right? Like your Ray Phoenixes, whatever. And then occasionally you get guys like Penta and Roosh and uh, maybe even, I mean, Andrade does do some flippiness, but uh, they can, they can call, they can go under the category of tough son of a bitch. Exactly. (laughs) And I honestly is what I think if I, if there was ever an American version of that, sort of the Stan Hansen sort of idea, you know? Yeah. Like. I think that's John Moxley, you know? Um, so it's kind of a perfect matchup on paper. Um, their styles didn't immediately off off jump work for me, but I, it ended up, you know, they were beating the piss out of each other, so it was great. Um, you know, it didn't sometimes it doesn't matter, even if the styles don't perfectly match up, you know. There's always gonna be a slight it's like it's like when um <clears throat> excuse me, when Angelico has a match and he has that weird you know, Mexican wrestling style that isn't quite compatible with every style of wrestling in America, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But it works really well when you have somebody else that does submissions and and groundwork super well. So, like, I still think if you put him in there with Danielson, it'd be an insane match. But but that being said, there's some great spots in this match. There was a DDT on the steps that was incredible. Oh, the setup that they did for that, too, where it looked like they were going to try and do the uh, sort of, like, the Canadian destroyer off the steps. I hope no one ever tries that spot. Please, please don't break your necks. But, um, yeah. and then, oh, we had a, has anybody else kicked out of the fear factor? Is that like the first, one of the first times that we've seen somebody do that where it wasn't like a tag team breakup? Like, definitely that, in recent times. Yes, certainly for sure. It yeah. feels and like it. I just thought it was a really great main event. And then afterward, we had some good stuff, uh, that, uh, do you want to go into that now or after? Cause we had like the firm involved and yeah, MJF yeah. involved we'll, and let's jump into the shenanigans in a second. Okay. Uh, cause I, I was going to say going off a couple of things you said, like the counters, uh, one that specifically stood out was when Moxley kind of got into a choke and the only way for Penta to get out was to loosen up his mask. I thought that was a great little touch. Um, and, and just, I'm glad Excalibur mentioned the Triple Mania mask versus mask because that was a big match for Penta and he won. It was a big deal for him. Uh, he he put everything on the line for that match and I'm glad AEW acknowledged it because, as we like to say here, all wrestling lore is lore in AEW. So that shit matters. And that it's played into cool him. when they when they call back to it in his matches right now too because they, yeah. they, they call back to the mask versus mask match in Mexico City. It's just such a cool sounding yeah. match. And, and like, they're playing up. That's another reason. Not only is he is it because he's a champion right now. That's another reason why he got a shot at this title. That because the all the wrestling lore counts here. So it's little things. I love that. The chemistry these guys have was awesome. And I mean, dude, ugh, the thing about Pentagon is. This guy is so fucking talented, and you kind of mentioned uh, briefly. Now he's on this bigger this bigger scale, and and when they announced that the Lucha Brothers were going to AEW, that was one of the first teams I was like, "Whoa, they actually this isn't this is not your Ring of Honor or the Elite Show. They're they're bringing in other talent that everyone's been wanting to see on the bigger stage." 
Everyone, Lucha Underground put them to a whole new section of fans, but a lot of fans didn't watch that. Whereas if I think that show came out now, I, I, I feel like it'd have a little bit bigger of a base, especially with the talent like Ricochet that was on there, like the Lucha Brothers. Jeff Cobb and his, his fucking mask gimmick was awesome. That being said, dude, that, that was actually hilarious because Penta would just come in and lay everybody out. It was awesome. He had a match with Io Shirai that was fucking awesome. I think that might be the first time I watched a match with Penta. I'm not even kidding. It wasn't for that Io Shirai match. Like, I was like, what and, is going on in Lucha Underground? <laughs> did someone die in that in that promotion? Like, not literally die, but like in like, Oh, I'm sure line. they killed people off. I'm yeah. sure of it. Yeah, and so yeah, this was good stuff, man. But yeah, the post-match shenanigans, if you want to take the lead here. With the oh, firm. yeah, so the firm... The firm beat down John Moxley after this match, which was in direct. Well, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll circle back to it eventually. But previously in the show, MJF had told Stokely that he would fire him if they decided to, you know, soften up John Moxley before uh, full gear. And Stokely said, I don't give a shit. I'm going to do that anyway. This is my job. Like, the hell are you paying me for, MJF? You know, like, and he decided to do it anyway. MJF uh, is, like, conflicted, decides to walk back. Then he's like, oh, actually, I am going to run down and make the save. And then Ethan Page lays MJF the fuck out um, really hard after he fires Stokely in front of everybody. Uh, And then they beat (laughs) MJF and everybody else down. Eventually, MJF ends up getting choke slammed through the announce table. But this is not really the announce table, the timekeeper's table, I guess. Although it functionally is the announce table for AEW. And yeah, so a lot of shenanigans after the match and a lot of potential crazy storyline stuff coming out of this. Um, Charlie, just your reaction to MJF basically turning on the firm. And I I don't know that this confirms that MJF is like babyface now. I think people are. Yeah, right. Is this. a giant tease, or is this legit? Um, a giant to, tease is the perfect way you describe MJF. It's, um, it's going to be fun to follow to see what they do. I think this is good for the firm, uh, having them attack the champion. I think there's so much talent in the firm that like literally not a lot so of them much, have like, won gold, if any of them. That in faction, I hope Stokely was genuinely the one that came up with that faction. Like It wasn't just something they slapped together. Like I hope that was his idea, because that's one of the best factions that's just randomly been put together in who knows how long. Like It's it's all talent that needs that next step in if they want to get to the you know the titles in AEW. Having them attack the champion, this is big. We We need shit like this to go down. To establish them as the group. Oh, and by the way, whoever's pushing for Ethan Page to be the voice of the group, no matter who's yes. in charge, be it Stokely, is in is genius because Ethan Page is a is incredible on the mic. Like he's a great entertainer. So that's going to be like we didn't really get to see this the full segment- Ethan Page because of that weird sort of face turn him and Scorpio did. Like like I yeah like but I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Obviously, same um, same. It just randomly came into my head. Obviously, we know who technically challenged for a title shot next. But uh, who do you what? Who would you think besides obviously you know Matt Menard? Who who do you think should uh, face John Moxley next? Yeah, we have MJF. Obviously, we got the Lee Moriarty thing, and so I don't. I'm guessing that's just going to be it before MJF. You think so? I but maybe one of these guys 
ends up being the one who faces MGF as champion. Yeah, I guess if we hadn't gotten the Menard match, maybe we would have gotten one. I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe I mean, they're doubling up. Uh, Moxley wrestled Wednesday's Wrestling Friday. Next Wednesday, he's got Lee Moriarty. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, okay. If they I, do another one. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I almost the Moriarty might, match is going to be insane, though. I, um, Lee, his last showcase with Danielson was fucking incredible. And that was the one thing I missed out of my notes. I don't know why I didn't write down that Moriarty got given a title shot. I figured I think I, I think I just figured I'd remember it, but I didn't. So good, good yeah. call on that. But yeah, Charlie, what what were you really feeling this week? I spent 15 minutes speaking on my speaking of a brutal. spectacle. Speaking of a showcase, my God! Hello, what have we here? Swerve in our glory versus AAA, IWGP, and ROH Tag Team Champions, FTR. Dude, come on. This match fucking kicked ass. Shout out FDR. Shout out Swerve in Our Glory. I honestly was surprised by the result. Straight up. I, I know it makes sense for Swerve in Our Glory to win for what they're doing. You know, they're going to complete the trilogy and then probably put Swerve and Keith Lee their separate ways. Or have him become two-time champions. Either way, I was a li- for the story, the result, perfect. Doesn't hurt anyone. FTR, swerving our glory. My God, do they want to tear the house down or what? Uh, <laughs> they I said, mean, let's go make some noise, boys. This is probably I mean, going to be the only. About, well, just, just, just Charlie, you're talking about Swerve, who I would put on the technical scale of FTR. I don't care what people are going to argue about that. Swerve is a really genuinely gifted wrestler that I think is slept on. World champion type, like, yes. Here, wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember. I always go. I literally bring this up every week, but I remember the NXT breakout tournament, and I just remember thinking I wasn't thinking world champion, but I was thinking this guy, as the very least, should be in the mid card. And I remember like literally within six months of that, he was a mid card champion on NXT. So it's like you know, like it's you can just tell sometimes, and I'm just so excited to see what that like rubber match is going to look like because yeah. This has been the most entertaining thing on AEW for months now, so or for weeks at least, however long it's been going on for. Like you know, like so it makes sense, like you said. Uh, so the Gun Club was right, ringside dresses FTR. So because we've known where that's going, Gun Club and FTR they've been teeing that up for a little bit now. But man, if they hadn't it, been so heavy handed with that, I wouldn't have been able to call this last week. But it just felt like the right move. You know what I mean? Like because you wanted yeah. these two matches at the pay per view, so you had to separate the. FDR from the and you can just all FDR has to do is beat one team and they can be back in number one contenders, you know, if they want to go that way for towards the end of the year. So a couple big spots here. Keith Lee, he he kind of went ape shit for a little bit there at the beginning. Everyone was getting, you know, smacked around. This was stiff for a little bit there. And Keith Lee, he took it to Wheeler. Dude. He took it to him. And Wheeler tried eventually to hit a sunset sip, a sunset flip. Lee powered him up to a double overhand chop, crumbled him. He then dodged one of the splashes, backdrop swerve to make the hot tag. And then Harwood ended up doing all the stiffing. Like he's just smacking the shit out of people. Taxi acts. This was like four minutes into the match. <laughs> We're just going nuts. But I mean the story here, right? Swerve hits Wheeler into the gun club at ringside. Hollywood then rolled up Swerve, rolled up Lee, who kicked out. 
Harwood went into the ropes. Swerve hit a low blow with the ref turned to Lee. Gun Club were holding back Wheeler as Lee put Harwood with the ground zero and won it all. Uh, after the match, Gun Club beat down FTR and the Acclaim made the save. Yeah, really good match, man. You know, was this finish? I, I think it, they wanted to do a little more shenanigans because Swerve is becoming the Joker, which we'll get into in a little bit here on Rampage. Right. Uh, he, he's he's full tilt. I mean, it's done. He's he's a changed man. There's no going back. <laughs> but yeah, I, the big rig attempt on Swerve was pretty sick that they kicked out of. Like, didn't kick out of, but you know what I mean? Stopped it. it that's Dude, the, just that the really count- big rig on Keith Lee. <laughs> yeah, that counter chain wrestling that you often mention, these guys, they had the chemistry that... Oh, that's what I was Every single like, thing the first they were, lock up. I think it was swerving cash, but I could have been. Yeah, I, I, I knew this match was going to be a banger because, like, you see, you can just tell the difference. Like, you start to be able to notice this after you watch wrestling for a while. Charlie, I'm sure you've started to notice this as well. You can tell when somebody doesn't know how to put on a headlock. It's easy to tell because they'll go. It's not that. Oh, I know what I good headlock. Let's it see. should no. be as smooth as butter, and you should never be. It's able not to even, even about tell. smoothness. I'll tell you how I know, Charlie, because they go to sit in the headlock for two seconds. You can tell both guys are uncomfortable, and they push each other off, and they go straight into the next spot because it's not. It doesn't look good. Everybody knows it looks bad. So, like, it's that's how I know when they don't know how to put on a headlock when they make it really obvious by you know shooting off right away because oh, I've yeah. seen headlocks go for five minutes with a guy like Kevin Owens who can put on a headlock, you know, like absolutely. So, so any, any, uh, any notes from this one for you that you, um, there was a double leapfrog from Keith Lee and I, I Charlie, there's only one thing you could say to that. Um, and yeah, just, uh, <laughs> cash, uh, apparently has been, has been pegged as the one that gets chopped to death by everybody. Cause during the Briscoe's matches, he gets chopped. That motherfucker shit. had ground beef quick. <laughs> Actually, this is a great opportunity for us to talk about something we didn't talk about the last couple of weeks in the podcast, which is, um, we'll, we'll take a quick pause here. We won't spend too much time on it, but, uh, we recently watched the FTR versus Aussie open match. And, uh, Charlie, just really quickly, what were your thoughts on that match? And just FTR's run this year in general. Yeah, the match was really something special. It it put FTR and Aussie Open you the emotion of the match, the fucking the, the heavy hitting. And there's a moment from this match I'm never gonna forget. And FTR had the sharpshooters locked in. Um Mark Davis is looking like he's about to tap out. He's getting really weak, he's getting upset, and Fletcher just he won't let him. He's screaming at him. He's slapping him in the face to fire him up. One of the craziest moments in a tag match I've ever seen. It was so fucking good. And this this played into everything during the match because Fletcher was kind of getting his ass beat for a long time. Not as long as Cash did. Cash was the one selling for forever. But that moment to me is something I will not forget. But since it's not... That would be my moment of the year right now. But it's not AEW, so... Speaking of that, when we do our awards show, which will be coming out in December, I hope you guys enjoy that because we've been we've been keeping notes on that for a while. So that'll yeah, be fun. I still, but- I still need to figure mine out. I, I have a problem. I, I, I got to go back and rewatch some stuff, and I just don't. Like, the only thing I can feel like I can really do it efficiently with is dark. So yeah, right. Uh. So Garrett, I, any quick thoughts from that match, and then uh, 
Yeah, and then we'll jump into our news and stuff. Uh, they hit a power plug, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Swerve like uh, missed like a springboard, not a springboard. Sorry, it was going to go for like I think it was like a mid middle rope crossbody or something, and it just he kind of slipped a little bit, and he just hit. He's like, ah, fuck it, I'll just hit it from my feet. So that's Swerve for you. He's just like, ah, oh, I fucked up. Oh well, you know. <laughs> oh well. <fuck> it. <laughs> And the crowd's just like, oh, we'll go with it. I mean, honestly, if you make it look like, well, okay, yeah, that didn't go great, but I'm just going to go for it anyway. Like that, yeah, know, and, and commentary played it up as, hey, man, sometimes you slip. Exactly. That's just the business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you know, um, but yeah, so let's, 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 uh, Charlie, there's some news to talk about, right? Some news. Absolutely. Da-vinky. So Da-vinky. kicking us off with news, we got The Kingdom signed multi-year AEW contracts. It shouldn't be surprised to anyone. It's most likely probably two years, right? I feel like that's what most contracts are right now. So, Ebby Garrett, you know why this matters to us, right? These guys are going to be wrestling on Dark. Probably a lot. That's nothing about them, but I, I doubt once these TV storylines are done, the ROH talent that is featured in the ROH program, which I'm assuming they're going to be at Final Battle Wrestling FTR most likely... Uh, they, they're going to wrestle on dark, like straight up. That's just, that's what happens with, with ROH sound. And cause there's no ROH show. So we need to get them, we need to get their records up. So yeah. Any thoughts on that? Um, just, yeah, no, I think I agree with you. Like it's just, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt to add more talent. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it it does. If you're, if you're, if you're a non AEW fan, apparently every time they sign somebody, it's like, there's too many people. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're not even going to jump into that. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, speaking of amazing talent, will wrestle the great Muda at Noah in the new year 2023. Current WWE superstar. Maybe this guy has been in WWE for nine years now. Uh, in 2023, that'll be nine years, eight years, whatever. So that's pretty cool. And you have to imagine if, if Nakamura is taking this match that I'm sure they're going to put on something at least like it probably be like 10 minutes, but I bet it'll be awesome. And it's going to be in Budokan Hall, it looks like. So that's pretty sweet. I like that. Budokan Hall, for people that don't know, is they did a lot of big uh, all Japan shows there. If you didn't know. Um, and I believe they've done some massive New Japan shows there as well over the years. Probably big Noah shows. Actually, I would almost imagine probably some massive Noah shows because a lot of the all Japan talent went to Noah. I'm showing my all Japan here. I can't wait to get made fun of on other podcasts for for being a fan of all Japan. But anyway, um, <laughs> FTR is to defend the AAA tag team titles this December. Dragon Lee and Dralistico are challenging FTR for the titles. Um, and the graphic that AAA used, it's FTR and the goddamn frog outfits. <laughs> you know what? I mean, that's how they won the titles. That is those, how those, they won the those titles. Are those are their champions. It's dude. fresh after they won it. So Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, Campionis. The funny thing is that would have been a gimmick in like a, a Western promotion, but you know if they went to AAA and said we want to be these weird green dudes, they'd have been like, "Yeah, fine." You know, like, December twenty eighth. So okay, I don't. Let's be honest; they're not losing any of those titles until they win all the titles. Let's be real. Yeah, unless they start dropping them like flies, right? Unless the other companies start to lose faith that Tony Khan's going to put the AEW belts on them anytime soon, which I could understand. But I mean, you know. AEW has hired Tony Schiavone's son, Matt Schiavone, as a TV producer. Matt Schiavone worked at StarCast 1, or 2, 3, and 4. So, yeah, he's he's worked for Fox News, the MLB Network, and StarCast. This is cool. He started with AEW this Friday at Rampage. And, yeah. Was he was, was it him that rung the bell? <laughs> <laughs> right? 
God. Did he ring it? Was that it was something? That was, that was pretty good. Well, All right, and our last thing of news here. Oh, you know, it's funny. I had some Kingdom stuff I was going to reference, but I totally forgot. Yeah, they won champions in other companies. Not bad. And so our last little bit of news here, the 2022 PWI Women's 150 list was revealed. When the men's was revealed, we talked about it to some of the top ones. But uh, real quick, I'll hit the top 10 of the women's because we got two AEW in the top five. AEW, AEW. So kicking us off, we got Stardom Wrestler Siri at number one. At two, we got Bianca Belair. At three, Thunder Rosa, so our current AEW Women's Champion. At four, we got Becky Lynch. At five, we got Jade Cargill, our current TBS champion. At six, we got Jordan Grace from Impact. At seven, Saya Kamatani. I have not heard the name before, so she is also from Stardom. Never heard it pronounced. At eight, Charlotte Flair from WWE. Nine, Starlight Kid from Stardom. And then ten, Taya Valkyrie, who kind of wrestled all over the place. She was in NXT. She was... Impact at one point, I think. She wrestled Impact. Yeah, she, she wrestles all over the place. So, and then just quick uh we had Britt baker at 13 so three aw in the top you love to see it yeah two I mean, aw in the top five and they're both the champions that to me i mean yeah the champions I mean, have been booked run, strong to say jade, the least yeah, jade's run undeniable obviously yeah, she's um, one of the most dominant champions i mean probably, since probably we've ever. been covering wrestling i mean I can, the Asuka only more dominant women's champion I can ever think of is like Asuka in NXT. Yeah, that's the like, only one I can think of. Like, so that's that's because Asuka really, held that championship for like eight hundred days or something. Like, and really, honestly, man, like I feel like this is starting to become a testament to the fact that Britt Baker isn't one of them too. Let let me just throw that out there because Britt Baker. Well, to think about that to, to tell you that tells you what the what Thunder Rosa's run was doing for people. They were really enjoying it before she got hurt. You know, like. Yeah, and and just for a quick reference, uh, Britt was number four last year, while Thunder was number five. And it's really nice to see just Thunder being top three now, Jade being top five. They're booking our champions strong, and that's not something we've ever denied. And this was, um, the, the cutoff was before Thunder was hurt, so it was kind of still her continuous run. I don't know if it got the Yamashita match, but I, I'm I'm thinking it might have. I'd have to look at the dates to see if it lines up. But it might have gotten the first Yamashita match because they were several months apart. Yep. Though. But is that to me? Just or at least a quick. month or two apart. There was like a month. There was some time. There was time in between them enough that it would. Yeah. One would probably not get caught, but the other might. Even if it didn't, she'd already had like bangers with like I think Nyla and <clears throat> excuse me and uh obviously with Brit she had a couple of she had the the match leading up to the match the pay-per-view match with Brit and then yep. the street fight or not the street fight what was that match what it was something special uh, but this this to me Garrett now we can see this so having our two champions top five now built what we're seeing now going into next year's Tony Storm I mean Tony Storm has been fucking incredible if she keeps this up, I could see Tony Storm seriously skyrocketing even higher. Jade still beating everyone. She's still viewed as so dominant. How much longer is that going to last? I mean, we're in October. If it says the cutoff was July 31st, since then, she's still beating high quality. And she's got another match, Dude, I, I want to say, Dynamite. Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa might be the biggest women's match AEW's ever done. Like, I, I think that could be huge. I, I I think when that when they eventually do the unification match, that's going to be a massive match. That that should have been a dynamite. That should have been a massive dynamite show. 
It should uh, agreed, and yeah, yeah. Who, who knows where we're gonna see Jamie Hader? You know, a year from now, Britt Baker getting back into the fold. Britt Baker as a, as a two hundred and fifty day women's champion. That's what we're gonna see so, Jamie Hader as. There's some good signs, and that's I feel like a good sign for AEW back to back years. Two top five women. When stardom is on the fucking incredible roll that it's on, I mean, shout out Starlight Kid. That Starlight Kid has been lighting up like gifts and stuff, you know. Yep, shout out Starlight Kid. What a that's so cool. So, all right, Garrett, if you want to take us into Dark Elevation, hello, what have we here? We have AW Dark Elevation episode 86, which started out with. Uh, Preston Vance with Evil Uno taking on Baron Black, and uh, Baron Black. By the way, it's good to see Baron Black. Uh, still, still has some, still is not winning matches, but it's good to see Baron Black. Uh, Baron tried to get the win by jumping ten, didn't work out. Spine of the Pine, Discus Lariat, and that's it. And uh, I still like Jose on commentary, so please, uh, please bring that. Uh, you know, keep that going. Uh, Aubrey Edwards talking about uh, AEW heels. You know this. Yep. I'm going to keep talking about it until they stop talking about it. So, um, and the cool people she's met. So, until give me a new segment on this. Like, you've shown me like two or three, but you you showed the same one like two weeks in a row, and the same one on both dark shows. Like, come on, guys, get, get your shit together. Anyway, we had Eddie Kingston and Ortiz taking on. Uh, excuse me, a couple of jobbers. Actually, I thought there was uh, some named people in here, but uh, some notes from this match. Uh, there was big bald men on both sides with a small bald man as the referee. Yes. Uh, so we get elbows, machine gun chops from Eddie, and then we got a fisherman buster, and then Eddie beat the man after the bell, almost got the no decision again, and then, you know, Ortiz still pulling him off. This is going to go somewhere eventually, obviously. Uh, we got some more about that on Dynamite, I think, or maybe it was Rampage. Either way, we got a little bit more from Eddie Kingston this week, so. And we have my current front runner for AEW Women's Wrestler of the Year in Sarita Deeb taking on Haley J. And uh, shout outs to the Deeb Young Lion holding the sign in the crowd. Uh, shout outs to them. Uh, hopefully they end up as a wrestler in AEW. That'd be pretty sick. And uh, Haley J is an OVW girl, apparently. Uh, Ian Wikipedia making an appearance. A uh, little hard hitting stuff. Uh, they said Shades of the Athena versus Chody Threat Match. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty uh, good. Nice neck breaker that I don't know if she sold it well or if she didn't sell, like, didn't do the move well. But either way, it looked great. And then uh, she locked in the Serenity Lock. And in the next match, we had the Workhorseman taking on the Blondes. And I guess I guess they're really sticking with that. I was joking when I said that stuff, but you know what? Screw it. They're the Blondes now. All right. Um. By the way, shout outs to the Brian Pillman Memorial Show. I think we I think we talked about this about this time last year when uh, when Pillman was having a match on the show. Uh, they mentioned it, so shout outs to that show and them raising money for whatever they raise money for, whether it's, they're just having a show in memory of Brian Pillman's father, because obviously a great wrestler. Um, and yep. we had Anthony Henry and JD hitting hard as fuck in this match. Um, <clears throat> there was a really nice power slam counter by Griff at one point. Um, I, I always thought it was really good. Um, Griff Garrison, like, they're both really solid wrestlers. Like, we've talked about this all the time. And I think, I think you said the same thing to me that I wrote in my notes, Charlie. This is the best match I've seen from, from the, uh, from the Blondes in a while. So. Yeah. Agreed. Um, they did a cool combo move and that's how they won the match. But yeah, good stuff from the Blondes. So keep it up. We had... Oh, Charlie! This I I saw this match on the on like the little graphic, and I was like, "Oh, 
well, I didn't see the match, obviously, but I saw like the little the little preview of who was going to be on this show, and you and you gave us a little hint uh, like a week or two ago. And we had Emi Sakura and May Saruga mm-hmm. taking on Jay Lee and Nikki Victory. Um, it's really good to see May Saruga back. You know, bring 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 back Lulu, bring back Balianaki, form a faction, form the Joshi faction, and 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 give me give me what I want, give me what I want. Um, we got some double tea time. A spot I definitely, I absolutely needed to see. We got double tea time. We got uh, May's actually. I feel like she sharpened up a whole bunch while she was over in Japan doing stuff for uh, Chaco Pro, um, uh, because she did a really nice springboard and she looks to have improved like a lot. Which is not to say that she wasn't good before. I think that's actually it's a, it's reflective on how great she's actually gotten because you know they do all that weird like you know I see gifts from Chaco Pro and it's it's always like they're wrestling in like backyard not backyards but like they're wrestling in like. The, the like back rooms of other wrestling shows it feels like but anyway um i don't know what the deal is with that but it's, it said looks awesome um but yeah we got some we will chop you uh oh we had the greatest call of all time from uh, matt menard which is we had the squisher mcsquish um ah yes if 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 you're not get if mcdonald's if you don't if you don't get on contact with AEW and make a a smash burger called the squisher mcsquish and have matt menard cutting promos for you you're you're losing money um they hit a move called the transformer that looked really cool um and there was a nice little moonsault from emmy to pick up the dub the dub the dub and in the co-made event of the evening we had matt hardy with ethan page and stokely uh, and some firm facts. This man likes unseasoned chicken and dips everything in ranch. Um, <laughs> so firm facts. Hopefully we get that uh, week to week on dark. That'd be awesome. Um, they banned the twist of fate. And he said, ha, ha, not, not on my watch, bud. And he did anyway. My... So, and he got fined $100,000 and suspended. So I guess Matt Hardy's going to be uh, you know, in debt now or something. Um, He's going to be eating ramen noodle tonight. Absolutely. And then in the main event of the evening, we had Claudio Castagnoli with William Regal taking on QT Marshall. Matt Menard was a fire on this episode, by the way. He was hilarious. Um, uh, QT, nearly bald. Um, I don't, you know what? I I wrote it in my notes. That's all I'm saying. Um, a lot of bald men on this show. Um Apparently, AW oh, Dark sure. Elevation is AW Bald Elevation. But anyway, um, so that being said, uh, Claudio is really strong. Well, we know this. Uh, European uppercuts. Uh, QT worked the crowd. QT's really good at working the crowd, you know. QT, underrated. I mean, that's like the understatement of the century, but still. Oh, uh, he, Regal was on commentary. He never gets the credit he deserves. That's why we have to do it. If we're the only yes. fucking ones, so be it. Oh, well. Um, Regal was on commentary. That was fun. We got the big swing. We got elbows to the jaw and the Ricola bomb for the win. And with oh, yeah. that being said, Charlie, that takes us to AW Dark 165 and everybody dies. Everybody dies. All right, man. So AW Dark taped in Toronto about two weeks ago and Jacksonville last week. So there was uh, a couple uh, different venues for you here. Kicking us off, Lance Archer, Isaiah Brown, beating him up nice and quick. He uh, teased giving his shirt to a young fan in the front row, but took it back because he's a heel son of a bitch. This is the way. And yeah, man, so real quick, I wanted to add, uh, before I forgot, I had a train of thought. 
Did you? I liked on Elevation how they were putting the records for Elevation only. I think we should start separating these shows. We, you and I, we treat it as separate. We we know what it is. It, they're separate. Usually, Dark's the one that they would tape at Universal, but now I always kind of thought that was the intention, right? Because you would have people that would wrestle on both sometimes. Agreed. So, and let's let's and also up. they show the results separately. Like you'd show one in the beginning of Dynamite and one toward the end. You know what I mean? And sometimes they'd show one on Rampage. I feel like you know. So like, uh, if they were if and I know that they don't want to do this because, but honestly, Tony releasing an episode of Dark later in the week could work because he doesn't have to worry about conflicting with, unless he personally wants to be there to watch, but. Tony, you don't need to do that. You could just watch it whenever. You have the access to the tape anyway. Um, you could watch it before it's edited. But anyway, um, like you, you could watch it live. Anyway, my point is like, uh, like they, they could just show Dark later in the week and it would functionally work better if they just showed the results on Rampage for one. I, if you want to separate them, I just think that would make sense. Like Maybe have one drop Yeah, I thought it was, it was a nice little touch. So uh-huh. yeah, nice little, nice little thing. Also, how did did we know how um, Lance Archer did in the G one? Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming yeah, he did whatever. fine. Yeah, Zach Clayton, who who defeated Shane Saber. Saber Rinky? was an Ontario native. A crowd cheered for him a little bit, but Clayton won with a Fisherman Buster, quick and easy. Athena, Athena, Athena. Man, if people cared more about Dark, they'd be talking about the little bit of a run she's on right now. She is beating the shit out of people. So. This was uh, she defeated Alexia Nicole. This was her AEW debut. She was uh, another local from Ontario. Uh, Athena was booed when she cut off Nicole's offense and apologized to the crowd for hitting a move. <laughs> Athena got the win after a boot, lung blower, gut buster, whatever you want to call it. Um, after the match, she held up Nicole's hand to get cheered. So, I mean, she's still a baby face. She's, she's a hard hitting baby face. She just beat up the local kid. <laughs> defeated James Stone. Stone's AEW debut and was booed for, you know, facing Dan Housen. Uh He stopped right. a mud hole. Stone cut him off the clothesline, picked up a submission win with the octopus stretch. Um, he was side note distracted here, by the bell. Yeah, Excalibur story. played it up more, that aggressive side of Dan Housen once the bell rang. So, that's okay. kind of cool. Aaron Solo with QT Marshall defeated Serpentico. This was fairly quick. Luther wore a Canadian flag as a cape. Uh, Solo had Dasha inform the crowd that QT would not be with him at ringside, which the crowd cheered. And then he entered moments anyways. So QT always getting the heat. The crowd always reacts to him live. That's why he's such a fucking valuable hand to this company. And he's a fucking trainer. Marshall decked Luther from behind with a distraction, allowed Solo to hit a corkscrew kick for the pinfall win. Riho defeated Jungle Kiona. This was Kiona's AEW debut. Excalibur spoke about the history between these two in Japan. Yeah, Riho kind of they let this match get a little bit of time. It was a little yeah. over five minutes. Mm-hmm. Actually, as a matter of fact, they let a lot of matches go like more than forty it seconds. It felt like here. stuff didn't. Like, it felt like stuff got the time to breathe in some of these matches. Like, I'm glad this got time to breathe. Uh, Riho ended up winning with the double knee strike for the pinfall victory. She'll yeah, take I thought Kiona sold really well, and she uh, did. They did a really nice counter of like the muscle buster into the knee strike situation. That was good. I like that. 
Yeah, that was uh, well put. Well put. So, real quick, Jungle Kiona, she in in Stardom, she is a three time Artist of Stardom champion. So that's the the trios tag, and then the Goddess of Stardust champion. That's the tag champ, and yeah, uh, one of her trios titles was with the Hanakamura. So that, that's really cool. So shout out Jungle Kiona. I thought she fit well. I would yeah, love absolutely. to see her more. Absolutely. Lucha Brothers defeated the Workhorsemen. They made quick work of him. They kind of had to. Uh, but they did let J.D. Drake and Anthony get some offense in. Uh, with the assisted package pile driver, Penta, Pink, yeah. Harry. I, I, it looks like the Workhorsemen are starting to get respect from the rest of the roster, which when we see that happening on Dark, that generally means the work. I think we could start seeing the Workhorsemen more on TV more regularly, which we've seen them a few times, but... You put them on more. They're good. They're they're a solidly good tag team, and you don't yes. need the association with the wingmen. So, Serena Deeb and Emmy Sakura defeated Casey Spinelli and Taylor Rising again. Got a little bit of time to breathe. Sakura locked in a really good Dragon Sleeper while Deeb tapped out Spinelli using the Serenity Lock. Toronto crowd loved Serena Deeb, so that's cool to see. And yeah, Taz and Excalibur were just having a fucking grand old time talking about Taz liking nuts. I mean, hey, it is what it is. Uh, Ricky Starks and Nick Camarado in our main event. This went about 10 minutes, man. Watch your mouth. That's big, sexy Nick. Big, sexy Nick. Uh, Let's go, Rick. Cutie sucks. Oh, cutie's an asshole. Good stuff. The crowd, man. They ate up cutie Marshall. Camarado was actually in control for a little bit due to some interference. Uh, Starks ended up coming back with a tornado DDT. Solo kind of distracted Starks, which we always love to see Solo and Starks kind of, you know, shout out their uh, old tag team. Starks, very popular with the Toronto crowd, hit a crucifix bomb and a spear, booted Solo's ass off the apron, super kicked Marshall. Uh, Camarado hit a really good Alabama slam. And then the ref chose that moment to toss Marshall and Solo from the ringside. Crowd popped. Starks hit a sit-out powerbomb for the pinfall win. Added in a post-match spear. Ricky Starks, bro. He, he is literally powerbombed him out of his trunks. I'm not exaggerating. This, his pants were pulled down. He had to do what he had to do. So, yeah, Ricky Starks, one of our pillars. Hey, Garrett, there will be one day when we do a pillar episode where we just talk about our four pillars, break down, you know, stuff we love and one when day we'll pillars do collide when, when there's a world title match between uh ricky starks and dante martin we're gonna have to pick sides and it's gonna be a bloody affair the pillars collide all right but that being said when pillars collide with a set with a foundation <laughs> of AEW be cracked forever <laughs> god damn it that being said man you know we gotta jump into some uh some Give dynamite here and right away, Garrett, ROH World Champion Chris Jericho and ROH Pure Champion Daniel Garcia take on the Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Casanoli and Wheeler Yuta. Take us away with this match. Uh, what did you think about it? First of all, uh, you know, I agree with uh, Taz. Uh, he said early on in this match, eh, F the world. Agreed. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm with Taz. I'm, I'm, I Same energy. Fuck it. Um... I love how we can always come back to this, by the way. JES versus BCC will will that be like the 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 
Street Profits versus Usos of AEW? Is this just a feud we can always go back to because it's it's money and it'll be a good match? Like absolutely. And as the groups keep okay. evolving. Um, and I thought this was a great match to open with. Uh, Yuta had a really great hot tag in this match. I, him and Claudio are starting to really gel as a tag team. And if you on paper they sound great, you know, Flippy sort of like uh, not that Yuta's really Flippy, but Flippy technical guy combined with you know with a lot of you know a lot of like a lot of heart. Oh, heart! No way, that's that's the other guy. But anyway, um, but uh, and yeah, Claudio was on fire. We got the airplane swing, which is what I call it when he puts somebody up on, does the airplane spin while he does the big swing. It's the airplane swing. Yeah, and uh, I just thought a really awesome opening to this episode of Dynamite, Charlie and uh, Chris Jericho uh, is just trying to win that Wrestler of the Year really hard, but it's not going to happen, Chris. I'm sorry. There's there's a Danielson and there's a there's an FTR going on right now. You're really you're really outclassed this year, but you're trying. I respect it. Each week, putting on different stuff. Um, I I like to finish here. I, I got to say that Yuta going wild on Danny Garcia was awesome. Casanoli with his with his fucking airplane. Yeah, like you said, the giant swing man, just beautiful. You think we're running that back at a final battle? By the way, what the tag here? No, well, well, we could run this tag back, but no, I was saying the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we could, uh, we could run back Daniel, excuse me, uh, Garcia and, uh, and Yuta again for the, if for the we don't, time. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Garcia and Danielson. It could be that. Cause we got that yeah. a couple of times as well. So, so we, but, but I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility. I would love it. Would be down. So yeah, man. Uh, speaking of Danielson, speaking of Danielson, good win, by the way, for, Combat Club. They needed that. Uh, Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia don't need to beat them every time. Yeah, it felt, or vice it felt versa. like the right time for them to get a win. It, they get a win back. You know, that felt good. But it also feels like Wheeler's on a roll. You know, he, he got he got the upper hand on MJF. Didn't win, but he got the upper hand on MJF. You know, and now he's got a big win. I Wheeler's just on. And top his of the role world, continues. Man. I mean, hey, backstage Renee Paquette is with the, Brian Danison. He's frustrated. He lost to Jericho. Garcia turned on him. Really, you to talk back to him last week. He realizes people hate Sammy Guevara and is going to take all his frustrations out tonight. Really, you interrupted and said he's not a kid. He's a grown-ass man. They start shoving. Claudio's playing Peacemaker, a.k.a. John Cena. He, Claudio said after Danielson beats Guevara, they will sit down and hash things out like gentlemen. A little uh, foreshadowing for what comes later in the night. I, I love little things like that. Charlie, he needs to work on his John Cena impression. I could see him just fine. Ah, <laughs> GG. There was a video package of highlights of the Elite in AEW, them vanishing after each shot. So, the Elite are going to be on their way back soon. This it's smells only a of Kenny of Omega. Kenny Omega getting snapped away. I love the first clip, by the way. And you No, know, my favorite one's the one of the Young Bucks at the press conference, because that's the iconic one, you know? <laughs> Tony Schiavone, backstage with the entire JAS, who was screaming about their loss. Jericho said he has issues in open challenge to any former ROH world champion next week. Guevara says he'll beat Brian Danison because he's that damn good. And Jericho blamed Claudio for bringing the bat into the ring, resulting in their loss. This was kind of the first of AEW's little bit of audio issues this week. So hopefully they can iron that shit out. I don't know what, what was causing the audio here. Maybe the mu- camera was picking up some of it. I don't even know. But it was in and out. And of course it just happened to be when I was testing some new speakers. So... I thought the speakers were fucked up. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's that does not sounds like you were having a not fun time. I was like, "What's going on? What's what's happening?" And then Excalibur's like, uh, "Sorry about the audio issues." And I kind of had a, a sigh of relief. Um, Garrett, 
you've been thinking about this world champion he could face. Uh, you've kind of narrowed it down. So what are your thoughts? Who do you think it could be? And, and who's your, uh, your guess for it? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody know who the four that I, I narrowed it down to were. We had Eddie Edwards. We had Matt Taven, who you also, you also posited to me when we talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, we had, uh, Austin Aries and uh, I think also Jay Lethal was one that I said, um, and there was also some various others that I thought it could be. You suggested maybe Richards, maybe some other ones. Um, but if I had to guess, just because there hasn't really been a lot of interaction between this person and AEW, I would think it'd be Eddie Edwards. But that doesn't okay. necessarily mean it will be. That's just my yeah. hunch. It's I was just looking guess. at the list of former champions, and I was like, wow, there's only like 30 some of these champions, and most of them are. And then you could also say Bandito is a really good pick because Bandito was recently signed. And, and well, they could run think. that match back. Yeah, I mean, I think shit, we, that match was fucking incredible. You know, if it was Danielson, I think everyone would be disappointed. If it was, even if it was Bandito or Roosh, like, because it's supposed to be a surprise. So it should be somebody that's not been in AEW before. I also feel like even Edwards kind of rings a little hollow in that way. The only one that feels like it would be a little big would be Austin Aries, just because he hasn't really done or really seemed like he wanted to do anything with AEW, so that would feel like out of the blue. But people also don't like Austin Aries, so that might not happen. I don't know. It, it, I, I think Eddie Edwards would be great. And Eddie Edwards is a great wrestler, so I'd like to see it. Eddie Edwards uh-huh. makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I totally could see Matt Taven because he just wrestled in the main event of the one show, so I, I'll throw a shot in the dark here that you actually haven't mentioned. And he did. He was featured on program this week. Just didn't wrestle. And that's Samoa Joe. He's a babyface. Jericho's a heel. You know, could see it. So uh, Renee Paquette backstage with Soraya got out two sentences until Britt Baker interrupts. Renee had to put a stop to the scuffle. Baker just stormed off as quickly as she stormed in. So yeah, I'm sure Soraya and Britt Baker is going to be our one of our full gear matches. I mean, what? Uh, all right. Yeah. Renee Paquette, entrance ramp. Introduce MJF. Loud pop, as always. MJF said the devil's arrived when he asked Renee how it feels if John Moxley defends his title night against Pentagon. You know, MJF starts <laughs> wa- mocking Moxley. He pulled off the walk pretty good, I must say. So, uh, told her to shut her mouth. Said he can't say, she said he can't say stuff like that. MJF said he got a little ahead of himself saying he'd wrestle the entire title match clean. He's still MJF. He made a promise that he won't use the dynamite diamond ring at full gear. Hmm. Got the, we have to keep that in the fucking the back pocket. Yeah, like I, I'm calling MJF a tweener until until otherwise I'm prompted. He's got, if he's tempted anything. to use the ring and then doesn't and then ends up using it and winning, I wouldn't. You know, he's fighting everyone who said he wasn't good enough at full gear and will shove it down their throats when he becomes AEW World Champ. He's going to tag. He was going to say his tagline until Stokely interrupted. The microphone slipped out of his hand by MJF. Moxley gets passed by Pentagon tonight. The firm isn't to lay a hand on him ahead of full gear. If they do, Stokely is fired. You alluded to that earlier. He had his catchphrase, crowd goes nuts, crowd goes wild. Another MJF fucking lightning in a bottle promo. I mean, the guy just, yeah. every time he Literally. walks out, the energy shifts because of how good he is. And that's why, you know, eventually when he's champion... It's it's going to be something special because of his energy and because of the character that he brings to the screen every single week. It's going to be brutal when you have like Jade as women's champion, you have like Thunder Rosa refusing to let go of the title, and you have 
uh, MJF. Literally, you can't take the championship off of him because it makes no sense. And Roman Reigns still having probably not lost the championship. And it's going to be all at the same time. <laughs> Who breaks these streaks? So, yeah. And somehow package. Nyla Rose will still have not given the championship back. This is going to be a disaster, <laughs> apparently, you know. Video packages showed. And you have Wardlow, who's a fucking pretty dominant champion, too. Matt Taven versus Wardlow for the TNT title this Friday in Rampage. All right. Jumping into this, Danielson versus Sammy Guevara. So, uh, this was a match I was actually looking forward to a lot based on their styles because I I thought they'd mesh well together. And I feel like it was a pretty good match. It it was almost my favorite. Uh, If you would have taken FTR and Swerve in Our Glory, I probably would have picked this one. So, yeah, this... I. I mean, I, I really don't even know where to start with this. Uh, Regal joins commentary again. He hits his beautiful one-liners. The crowd is so against Sammy Guevara. And when you have a babyface like Danielson, the chemistry and the fucking match dynamic you create, you'd have to just really fuck up to fuck it up. And they didn't. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything you want to add from this match, Garrett? Any uh, Any notes you got? Um, oh god, my, my notes went dark. Hold on, let me, let me pull, let me open them up really quickly. Uh, come on, come here, you fucker. All right, um, come here, you fucker. Right, you um, bitch. Oh, dude, Sammy is like super flexible, dude. Like they did the uh, the Romero special, and Sammy just like was bent in all these weird ways, and I liked that. Uh, Sammy's an athletic freak. Um, palm strikes and kicks. Danielson's laying him in. Uh, Sammy landing on his feet three times in a row and then being caught in a label lock. Wow. Really nice. Yeah. And then uh, it was a win by KO. So I, you'll, I love to see it. We've been asking for this on the on the main roster on, on the main show for a while. Uh, they've been doing it with uh, Anthony Go. We haven't seen it in a while, actually. Bring back a go go. We really haven't. Shit. I gotta. Yeah. We hmm. had a go go on commentary for a little while, too, and then they just dropped him. Maybe Loki got hurt something. Maybe mm. or maybe maybe Blackpool Combat Club two and zero on the night. Dude, 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 that's who the Blackpool Combat Club needs. Anthony Agogo, Ooh, uh, a yes. British former boxer dude in the Blackpool Combat uh. Club. He might not like Blackpool though. Who knows? Give me what I want. Who knows? Just lays out Regal and says, "This is now the Agogo Combat Club." Now he lays him out and goes, "This is Rampage, baby." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Renee Paquette is backstage with Ray Phoenix and Alex Abrahentis. They said tonight Penta will become double champion. Phoenix should become the next All Atlantic champion. Christian and Luchasaurus <laughs> said his right hand of destruction deserves a shot. Orange Cassidy stop like saunters in. He said next week let's do this. So we uh, accepted both challenges. Charlie, I remember saying to you, Luchasaurus as a heel could end up in a championship match. Oh yeah. I could I could see him against Wardlow being some serious money. But I'm I'm cool with this too. I'm cool and with this too. Agreed. I love the idea that we're teasing all these potential singles matches eventually too. Like, yes. We jump into our women's match of the night. Jamie Hayter with Dr. Britt Baker D M D and Rebel. Take on Riho. Garrett, take us away. What did you think of this match? So yeah, we had Riho taking on Jamie Hayter. And they did some really good stuff in this match. It was honestly like, 
um, you know, again, like styles make matches. This was a really good example of just two different styles of wrestling sort of kind of combining. And Jamie Hayter just looks like she's having so much fun out there these days. Like, it's not something you always see in wrestling, but she just looks like she's having a great time out there. Um, they did a nice Kaze Dora reversal into a double stomp. Uh, Rebel took a really nasty spill on like a little like punch bump off the apron. I think she almost died, but Rebel, are you okay? <laughs> Near um, death. Uh, they did one of the craziest counters into the code red I think I've ever seen as a wrestling fan. Uh, what was that again? Yeah, so uh, Hater try she goes to block a sunset flip, but Riho flew up into a code red for a two count. Yeah, just really, really cool stuff that you just don't always see. And uh, <clears throat> they laid in on the burning lariat, which is great. You're always going to get a pop from me for that. Um, love me a good burning lariat. It's a great match. Uh, I hope it isn't just a one-off with Rio, though. Right? I'm worried it is. Because it usually is with her. And so I hope it's not just one-off. Like, give me a match with give me that match with Sheeta I've been asking for for a while. Give me a match with Tony Storm. Like, Rio versus Tony Storm is money. Like, come on. Anyway. Small women fighting each other. Let's go. Anyway. Um, I'm down. And, and like you kind of alluded to, the strength of Hater versus the speed of Riho was was the story that we felt. And they alluded to yeah. on commentary a lot. Beautiful moves. Again, Jamie Hater, the ascension continues. She is getting matches in her pocket now to prove to everyone. If they haven't seen it before, you're starting to see it now. Jamie Hater is championship material and she's proven it man i I love to see it i would love to see what jamie hater is coming becoming now against chris statlander when she returns i mean i miss statlander statlander god she belongs in this division so bad right now but let's uh you know hopefully she's back soon i just dude imagine the tag team that jamie hater and statlander would make it'd be fucking incredible it's jamie hamer and statlander versus serena deep and mercedes martinez in a death match Post-match, Tony Storm came to the stage, held up her interim AW women's title, and share, stared down Jamie Hayter. Uh, for Baker, you know, she looked a little interested, too, so... Do you think that is... Do you think that's full gear? I... I'm so torn. I would love it, but I don't want it for the interim title. You know? Yeah, I want that thing for the... Yeah, but I mean, I don't tough, think Thunder Rose is ready. If Thunder Rose were ready and we could do it before full gear and then have the hater match at full gear or even do the thunder rosa match at full gear which i think it would deserve you know then yeah we'll have to see because they set a precedent I, with cm punk's cm punk's reign yeah of how so, many days I mean, they're yes willing to and go. no because then they almost immediately nullified the, the the nullification of the other reign so who knows let's see punk was champion for 87 days before he was hurt yeah yeah uh that sounds right and, they didn't. They had a couple of months after what was it that he won the championship at whatever that whatever show that was. Uh, and Tony Storm has been champion for fifty six. So there was like double or nothing, and then there was a bunch yeah, of TV you shows. Know what, about but there full gear, it could be time. It, they they could feasibly do it. So we'll see. They could. It depends on if Rosa is ready or not. You know what I mean? Like backstage, Renee Paquette making her fifth appearance tonight. It's with Eddie Kingston asking him about his behavior. You know, he, he kind of gave this murmured, like, oh, I don't know. I'm doing just fine, Renee. How are you doing? And, you know, he's kind of saying, look, Mox is his boy, but so is Penta. And he thinks Penta's going to get his ass beat by John. Didn't he call him Johnny? Something like that. Johnny? Johnny. He, and he, he kind of gives another fake smile. And uh, Eddie Kingston is cracked. Not as cracked as Swerve. So, 
Yeah, that was hey, Rampage. Hey, we hey. already covered the main event. Um, yeah. Or, fuck, that was not Rampage. If, if Johnny Gargano is Johnny Wrestling, is uh, John Moxley Johnny Deathmatch? I'm down. And then we already got Johnny Elite. So, speaking of Johnny Deathmatch, let's jump right into Rampage. Johnny Deathmatch taking on Matt Menard for the eight in an AEW World Title Eliminator. So, uh, Moxley, other than him being the hardest working guy in AEW... <laughs> Regal didn't join the commentary team here. Basically, Parker was trying to cheat with Menard. It never went his way. Menard, you know, he eventually got control for a little bit, but once they came back from the break, it was pretty much Moxley's show. He got, once he broke out of the Boston Crab, it was it was over. Dude, and Matt he ran Menard shit. Can sell. He can. And you know what? Nice to see him back. By the way. Following, you know, yeah. he had that injury, so getting a t- getting a match with the, with the world champ. So. I feel like I I helped to keep this guy on TV. Well, he would have been on TV in JS anyway. But I mean, like, I feel like he was on dark, and they weren't sure what to do with the guy. And I was like, Dude, keep him on dark. And it, it, you know what? It felt like he never left. So agreed. It was a nice touch. It was a nice touch. Dude, the next that thing nice. that happened on Rampage, I was over the moon for. Yes. So as we get to the end here, uh, Menard hit a DDT for a near fall, then tried to kick Moxley's head in. That didn't work. Moxley pulled him into a real naked choke. Quick tap out. Stokely Hathaway and Lee Moriarty cut Moxley's celebration short. Hathaway challenged Moxley on Moriarty's behalf with a video playing highlights of Moriarty in AEW. Nice little touch because Moriarty's kind of gimmick, you know, and now he's he's doing like this little smile. He's like, yeah, motherfucker, that's me, bitch. And it's, it worked out good, bro. I, I liked it. And, you know, Moxley accepted. So Wednesday, Lee Moriarty. John Moxley. Oh my god. Hello, what have we here? Garrett, how uh, how are we feeling? Uh, We're feeling pretty good. We're we're feeling pretty good. (laughs) The AW World Title Eliminated Tournament is back. The first man announced for the tournament, Dante Martin. So, the tournament will wrap up in full gear, and the winner gets the annual title shot at Winner is Coming. I'm making a bold prediction now. Dante's winning it all. Okay. I love it. Hey, Dante man. versus Moxley at the uh, Winter is Coming. Oh, yes. I, I, there'd be only one word for that. Damn. <laughs> uh, Jade Cargill. She's, she's, there's a video package of her kind of working out, showing off her fucking insane physique, and she's screaming about Nyla Rose stealing her belt. And... Yeah, I mean, uh, this this kind of little section here works for Jade. You got to feature her. So, little like thirty second thing. Speaking of less than thirty seconds, Limitless Keith Lee defeated Serpentico in fourteen seconds. Lee dropped him with a sit up power bomb and pinned him. Eight inch, one hundred seventy three pound disadvantage. Honestly, I I like this kind of squash match for someone. I gotta say, it it works for what it was. You know? And then the acclaimed. Tony Tony Schiavone tried to interview Keith Lee, interrupted by the acclaimed. No rap tonight. They haven't heard from Billy Gunn all day, and they want answers from Lee. Lee defended himself. Swerve appeared on the screen. (laughs) I don't know if he's directing the newest horror movie. He's got Billy Gunn tied up in a chair. He pulled out some pliers, and I swear to you, Swerve Strickland became the Joker for a second. That's
That literally was Swerve, dude. Like, genuinely, that real. was him. The one that- a, a Swerve jerker, jerker, Joker cosplay is something I want to see in gear now. But if Are we going to embrace this side of Swerve? Yes, I hope so. And I've, oh said, I've said this for a while. E- Evil Swerve is amazing. Let's go. I would buy into it so much. Exactly. He's a maniacal, sinister bastard. He ripped that son of a bitch. He he used the fire. Listen, there's got to be feels. Just like in House of the Dragon, some people had to turn evil. You know what I mean? Like This is the way. Look, bro, I I don't make the rules. He had to go. Um, Dead may never die. (laughs) What a great... After the segment, the commentators made it clear Lee was not involved. His face was like, what the hell? This yeah, and, this, and his brutal, uh, felonious assault by Swerve. Like, <laughs> He's like, what is going on? The abduction charge from Swerve. Like, what? Oh, man. Good stuff. Really good stuff. So, Jericho Appreciation Society redid the promo um, from Wednesday because no one could hear it Wednesday. Tay Mello, with new music, took on Madison Rain. This match went about 10 minutes. Uh, you know, they kind of got rocking for a little bit. Mad- I-, I-, I like Madison's role in the company. She's just kind of putting everyone over because, you know, it's, she's in this, she's kind of a, you know, long-time standing wrestler in this, in this, how do I put this, in this, uh, in the history of women's wrestling. You know, she's been, she's a known name, so anytime someone beats her, you can add it to their resume. And with Tay Mello, you know, they're building her up again. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Aubrey any- had some cool, some cool kicks on in this match. Yeah. The Penta and Phoenix shoes. I might have to buy those if they're not like a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, there was a really cool match uh, moment where, you know, Rain was kind of going. She was on her comeback here. Hitting her with some forearms. Mello took her down with a super cutter for a near fall. Rain went for a Cazador. Mello countered it into a face first slam for the near fall. Mello tried the God-style pile driver. Rain backdropped out of it, with it hit a sliding lariat for a near fall. Then they exchanged some forearms in the corner. Mello finally said, you know what? I've had enough. Hit a knee strike in the TKO for the pinfall. So, yeah. Well, yeah, you I know, think people sleep on, on Ty Mello's, uh, you know, technical abilities sometimes because... A uh, 1,000%. They do. Yeah, because there was some good stuff. Like, Madison Rain's a technically trained wrestler. Madison Rain can have a wrestling match with you, you know, like, so that shows. Like, you can tell that we point it out all the time. You can tell the difference between people who know what they're doing and who are still learning, you know, like, clearly. Or just haven't bothered to learn things, you know, like. Lexi Nair interviewed Ethan Page backstage. The beating the firm gave MGF will allegedly keep him off TV next week, but that's no favor to John Moxley since Page has entered himself into the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. Ethan right, Page I got and bold Dante Martin for you. Ethan Page is making it to the final, the other side of the bracket. Okay. Hey man, I would be down. So uh, we then get a segment for the announcing of Dynamite next week. Marina Shafir versus Jade Carter for the TBS Championship. Um. All, also announced for Rampage on Friday is the All-Atlantic City Dream Match. That's right. The, the triple threat is on Wednesday. The Dream Match, where the champion can defend against anyone of his choosing, is on Friday. Bro, so, we're getting Mike Tyson as well. Like, what is going on? Oh, yes. Good touch. I forgot. Uh, yeah, in in the beginning, they announced Mike Tyson is doing the commentary from Rampage on Friday. Cool. Little things like that, man. That's That's fun. I shouldn't jump into our main event here. Main event Wardlow takes on the trend Matt Taven. Bruh. 
What the fuck is that nickname? Are you serious? Man, when this guy was in the... Uh, the uh, uh, I don't like that. Anyways, Garrett, Wardlow, Matt Taven, take us home. What would you think of this one? And Wardlow, dominating victory. And some fun stuff happened. Um, they worked the leg spot, which I guess, you know, fine. I mean, Wardlow's a big man, so you got to take him down. Uh, we had Bennett and Canellis running distractions, and I will say Canellis was very distracting. Um, and uh, we had an inadvertent bell at one point. It, I guess a fan rung the bell. Davinci? Yeah, it sounds like, from what we've gathered, a fan rung the bell. Commentary played it up that Bennett rang it. They did a good job covering it. It's so much so that I actually didn't even notice watching live somehow. Uh, I didn't even notice. And yeah, Bennett, they played it up that Bennett ran and rang the bell that Matt Taven was the actual winner. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of back and forth. Eventually, we got a powerbomb symphony going after I think uh, after we got laying out. Uh, I believe Bennett got laid out at one point. And then uh, we had some symphony of powerbombs. And then, uh, you know, they had the beatdown after the match by the Kingdom. And we had Joe making the save. And then Hobbs and the Embassy all came out at the same time. And I don't know if that means is Hobbs. Charlie, is Hobbs in the Embassy? Is Hobbs just involved in this now for the titles? I, I, I don't... Uh, is Hobbs in the Embassy? That is the new Meat City Meat Slappers. I think Hobbs is in the Embassy. This is a bold choice, but you know what? This instantly brings the embassy's value up. And Hobbs with the gold chains. Yo, he looked good. He, that, he's got such a big fucking chest that uh, he uh, commands authority. And I got to tell you, I'm cool with this, Garrett. I, I, Hobbs has been directionless since the Ricky Starks thing. He does not deserve to be directionless. Hobbs. Wardlow TNT Championship. Start the build now. That is our full gear TNT Championship on the line. No War Joe. No War Joe. No War Joe. So, yeah. Uh, I gotta say, this I'm... is War Joe, baby. <laughs> that was good. Good time. Good time. So, Cage held up the ROH TV title and Hobbs held up the TNT title to end the show. I'm actually cool with both those matches. Um, so yeah, uh, some closing thoughts here, I guess. I I thought. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that machine versus. Uh, yeah, they he held the title, so that, oh, that's gonna be a great match. Oh. Yeah, that'll be nice, right? That'll be that'll a probably nice... final battle, right? That'll be great. I guess oh. I would guess so. And I oh, that final battle is is gonna be a great card, especially if we get like the Briscoes involved somehow. Like that'd be oh, that'd be, let's it'd, start it'd getting be some really gold on the embassy, right? Let's, uh, Why not? Samoa Joe has been kind of directionless with that title, so you know, maybe. Yeah, he doesn't. He does not need that Ring of Honor title. Straight up, we know this. Everyone knows it. So yeah, he just is... needed it more than we definitely knew that Suzuki did not need it at all. Yeah. So yeah, man. Um, that was our week of wrestling. Uh, I, I, I'll. You know, going back through it like we do here on the show, it's kind of a nice refresher. Uh, Dark again, I feel like it's trending in the right direction because having the live shows really helps AEW dark. Huh? Not a, Elevation. We've been pushing for that for a while. Stop taping yes. at Universal. It Elevation just ruins the vibe. always feels more important because it's taped before an actual crowd. And Dark, we're getting to the point now where it's it's starting to change, man. It, 
The hierarchy in the DC universe is about to change. Shout out The Rock. And, you know, we can feel that with Dark. So, as we like to do here, let's look forward to next week a little bit, right? And, again, Dark featured... We have multiple champions (laughs) at this week's Dark. I'm not going to jump into them because it might be two weeks ahead. Who knows how they do this? I doubt they're going to show, you know, 20 matches, but... Needless to say, there's a lot of champions wrestling on Dark and a lot of talent that I know you and I are looking forward to seeing. So uh, I'll I'll say one of them because why the fuck not? Tony Storm, for example, back on Dark. Wrestled on Dark. We'd love to see it. Next week on Dynamite. So here's what we got announced so far. The Acclaims, Daddy-ass birthday bash. Garrett, I kind of hope he shows up with a lobster hand. Saray and Britt Baker interview with Renee Paquette. A sit-down interview. Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. That interview's ending in violence. It has to. I want want blood. Darby Allen, Jay Lethal. Probably the closer to their feud. John Moxie, Lee Moriarty, AW World Title Eliminator match. TBS champion Jade Cargill defends against Marina Shafir. All-Atlantic champion Orange Cassidy defends against Ray Phoenix and Luchasaurus. And Ring of Honor champion Chris Jericho defends against a former ROH of any kind. So, we gave you guys a bunch of names that it could be. The one I'd be the most shocked about would be Jonathan Gresham because of how that that kind of closed. If they were able to re- reconcile everything, I would be actually very, very excited. Yeah, that would be huge. That would, would be, be huge. It would be one positive thing that AEW was able to salvage out of this year of just nonsense backstage. ROH Including champion. the Gresham stuff. Like, Yeah, exactly. That That seems like nothing now compared to the shit we just had. ROH champion, All-Atlantic champion, TBS champion, world title elimination match, blood feud, sit-down interview, birthday bash. Dynamite's fucking loaded, and it's it's Sunday. As you guys know, we post these on Sundays. So, And if you hung out to the end, fucking thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, We really do. Rampage. What are you going to do when daddy asses fingers are mangled? If he literally walks out with like an Evan Peters fucking lobster hand, I will pop. I swear. Mike Tyson, special guest commentator, All-Atlantic Championship Dream Match, uh, where Rampage looks like a fucking... Eh, they got Mike Tyson. So you know what? I was going to rag it, but compared to Dynamite, Rampage doesn't look like much right now, but Dynamite looks insane. Current lineup for Full Gear. This week we had some, uh, some more stuff being established. Winter is coming on December 14th in Garland, Texas. And the current lineup full gear. John Moxley against MJF. Ten out of ten, genuinely. The acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory three. Again, first two matches have been insane bangers. So for me, for the tag team championship match, this is a ten out of ten. AW World Title Eliminated Tournament Finals. I'm always cool with having a tournament, so my excitement for that's like, you know, seven out of ten. Full gear, Garrett, shaping up pretty nice. And, you know, if we go Wardlow Hobbs, if we go Jade Nyla, uh, I'm assuming Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Dr. Britt Baker, Soraya, uh, F- uh, FTR Gun Club, perhaps, unless they do that winter is coming, which I wouldn't doubt it. But what do you, how, how's full gear shaping up for you? 
It looks like it's going to be really potentially like, you know, the shows have been bigger and bigger every time, except for maybe with the exception of All Out, which kind of felt like a little bit of a step down. But that was because there was so much nonsense. And then Forbidden Door was just plagued by so much. But like beyond those two shows, everything just felt. But even those shows themselves still felt like they stepped things up in certain ways. So, you know, we didn't really find our footing with the tag team division until literally All Out. So that should tell you a lot right there, you know, like. Uh, but I'm really excited to see where things go, and I'm I'm honestly like you know the hype is building. We're not quite there yet, and that makes sense because we're still a couple weeks out. We're like a week and a half out. However, you want to look at it, you know, like yeah. And so, and I'm like, glad you we're know. starting to see some establishment among the quote secondary titles for their feuds. So, like Nyla and Jade, by the time we get to that, it's probably going to be like an eight week build technically, which is. Completely yeah, unheard of that, for that eight title. weeks is a, a nonsense like feud that nobody cares about. Let's be real. Like, eh, I, I, I don't know. I think people are buying into it more than anything Jade's done with it so far. Well, I mean, that's not that does that's not a good thing. I mean, bar's not heard. high. No one, you know, but it's nice to see them. And, and Wardlow hopefully is going to get at least like a three four week build here with Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, that that I mean, they, they so, can still do some good stuff, but I still I still go back to what I always say, which is there'll be two matches added to this show like the week before, you know. Oh, I'm sure. So that'll be it for us, guys. Uh, we appreciate everyone hanging out. Shout out to you guys who uh, checked us out on Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, Amazon, Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify is now tracking with our other stuff so we can see and Spotify is about 80% of our viewers. So really appreciate that. And you guys, if you enjoy this hit follow, because when full gear comes out, we got three shows that weekend. I mean, we, we do some fun stuff. And like yeah, I said, big thick editions you know? in, in December, we got our awards show that we've, we're going to be doing, which is something we've been planning for a long time. We, we've talked about that fucking, I feel like in May we're like, now we're at, we're going to do it. And That'll be fun for us. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, yeah, but we have some good stuff coming on the road. So just stick, yeah. stick with us. We, we got you. Yep. We'll catch you guys next Sunday. So catch y'all on the flip side. <laughs>